0: We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas They ship all over the beautiful United States and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, two different jerky flavors, and their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bowls, they breed them with Angus cows, and that gives you the very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones so head to hasslecattlecompany.com that's h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com and use the promo code dnvr10 for 10% off your order that's dnvr10 for 10% off any orders over $200 and you receive free shipping check them
1: out and we promise you will not be disappointed welcome into the dnvr draft podcast um I love that little impromptu lisp there. It was a phenomenal (laughs) read for you, Henry. Until Um, the end, I saw you like that. Just stumbled across. It's amazing how me not laughing makes you reading, um, you know, so much easier for you. So congrats to you. Well done. I'm excited for this episode. Jake, Henry with me, Justin jumping in in just a second. We are talking about this edge rusher class kind of double trouble pod this week. So if you want the news update roundup kind of thoughts um, from the week, listen to the episode on the safeties that we put out already. Um, And yeah, so check. Let's get into this. I think without the news to cover, I want to, really get into how do you rank this edge rushing class? How do you put it up against the other great position groups in this draft, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, so on and so forth. Um, And how does the depth really break down for you um, as far as this edge rushing class stacking up against the rest?
2: I mean, I like the class. It's a very fun class to watch. And it is pretty deep. I'd probably say the most cons- one of the most consistently deep classes in this draft class. I mean, wide receivers historic, running back is good throughout, quarterbacks good at the top, but edge is another class where it's you know you got your premier guys, you got your mid round guys, you got some late round guys to take flyers on. Just a fun class overall.
1: Yeah, yeah, and a fun group to stack up against the next tier of classes, the O line group which I think is strong and the cornerback group, which is kind of similar to the Sage group.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, you can find things you like, you know, it isn't one of the classes that I look at and say like, wow, there's going to be a bunch of stars here. If that happens, I won't be like super surprised, you know, we'll get into everybody later, but I think that there is a good top three that, that I like Um, And then from there, you have guys with some tools you can take a chance on. Um, I like it. I I do like it, especially compared to what I thought about it a few months ago um, when we thought that it was pretty shallow. But then you see like Aziz Ojolari. He's somebody who is, in my opinion, like a a first round edge rusher. And I'm not sure I gave him credit for that a few months ago. You know, Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips. There's there's guys that I, I like here.
1: Yeah, I think um, there are definitely groups with more high end talent. This is going to be one where, once mm-hmm. we break it down, there's plenty of holes to be found in just about everyone. Um, you could almost identify as a bit of a one dimensional group. Uh, there are a lot of different dimensions, but everyone's a bit one dimensional. Um, but that said, you know, and if you include Micah Parsons in this, you would have 10 edge rushers for me that are knocking on the door of being in that top 50. And that would be even more than the wide receiver. Uh, Take Parsons out, you're at nine uh, wide receivers are neck and neck, basically. Um, And the O-line group as a whole would give um, this edge rush group a run for their money as far as how many you'll find in my top 50. But, uh, you know, that's combining all the o-line positions so i think there's a there's some real talent there's a lot to to have fun with here um and i think we should start and justin can catch up with us to the your favorite top guy and um if you know things don't break the right way this top guy is uh, worthy of a pick at nine.
2: Oh man. You want to yeah. go first tank?
1: I'll throw Aziz ojalari out there.
2: Let's go. Oh, that's what he's, I was going to say.
0: Is it? Yeah. I, I like yeah. it. You know, I just, yeah. he's long, he's athletic. He has yeah. the tools that you look for. You look through the stats too. Um, you know, of the, the, the edge rushers who really are important to this class. He's second out of the group in terms of just win percentage. Um, the combination of decent production and the tools to me makes him number one. I still don't like him at number like number nine. I, I think that he's an end of the first round type of guy. Maybe, maybe middle of the first just because of the positional value. But nine, no, there isn't an edge who I like at nine.
2: Yeah. I'm about the same. Uh, really like Ojolari though. I just, Georgia is one of my favorite programs in the country, man. They always get these crazy athletes that are so well coached, instinctive and fast to the ball. Um, it's exactly what Ojolari is that length though. That's what it is for me. That really sold me on Ojolari. Just the ability to extend with his hands and kind of shed, I think is probably best in the class when it comes to that department. Uh, after that, I've got Quiddy pay, um, you know, little bit of questions about Mm -hmm. where exactly he fits in. Um, Still can't just, I just can't get over that first game of the year against Minnesota. He was just an absolute terror, Uh, slightly concerning that he didn't really do anything else the rest of the year. But I guess Mm -hmm. you can say the same thing about Michigan as a whole last season. So won't hold that too much against him.
0: Yeah. One of the things that surprised me about him was that he was the, the guy who had the better win percentage than Mm Ojalari, the only one in the entire class. But he wound up with two sacks. And, yeah, obviously, like the win percentage is something. I really like him. He's my number two as well. Um, his His story is very good. he He immigrated here with his mother. and like as as terrible as it kind of can sound, I do think that, that is the type of player that I would want to bet on. And that kind of does factor into my evaluation, which it is definitely like a weird thing, but just oh, the, sure. the presence, the attitude that he brings, it, it he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to bust to me. And that's, that's what separates him and gets him up to number two.
2: A little reminiscent of Javon Kinlaw in terms of that backstory, just against the odds. And now he's really put himself in position to have an awesome life. Dre, what do you think about Pay?
1: Coming out of Liberia, too, um, you know, there's been the Nigerian takeover in the NFL. And, Hank, you know all about that because the Buffs have been heavily involved with that. Shido yes. being one of the studs. But nice to see some, uh, you know, Liberian love. Um, quick story. Growing up, uh, I went to school with George Weah's family. He won the Ballon d'Or. He was a, a you know, a star in Liberia, eventually became president. So really nice to see that country get some shine. Pay Ojulari you could include uh jalen phillips and gregory russo who aren't too far behind with me shoot we can talk about michael parsons in this as well because you're all talking about candidates at that three four edge rush outside linebacker position in this broncos defense um and Ojulari is going to get the edge merely because he fits better so he has an established position i think you guys you've uh you, you hinted at it with pay, but I think that's really the crux of it. You might like pay on third down as an edge rusher, put your life on it. Who's going to get to the quarterback first one snap. Yeah. Maybe I would put it on pay there. Ojulari though, length. Upside as a speed rusher. And re- what I really like with him is that athleticism will show up in those limited snaps where you see him dropping coverage or what have you. So he's going to be a non liability in space. Um, and I think that that could be true as a run defender as well. Uh, I must say, I, I have concerns on uh, run defense for all these guys out on the edge. Um, but at least Ojolari can make up for that with, uh, you know, a little bit of you can drop him in coverage. And yeah, he's a bit of a one-trick pony as a speed speed rusher, but that, that translates, and that's going to go well. Um, he's a borderline first-round grade, but he just makes it through. All these guys, though, you're talking about like a season and a half of production, essentially. Um, And Pay is my second guy, uh, technically third, because again, Parsons kind of fits into this. Gun to my head, I would take Ojolari over Parsons, just so we're clear, Um, just because he has an anchor trait, right? We we talk about that a lot. Like, what's that premier trait? I can pound the table and say, hey, this guy can do this for me today. Trust me, Ojolari can do that as far as a speed um, Rusher And that's huge. And then I think there's some nice upside and certainly some tools to develop. So, so he's just like clean all around pays really nice, man. He's really nice. Can I stand him up? Um, obviously he'll be fine. Hand in the ground because you're playing in sub packages a bunch, uh, but you know, hand in the ground in a four man front. I do worry about him as a run defender. Cause he's he's so boxy man and it's part of what makes him so like twitchy and fun and like if you don't get your hands on him like he and he's like ojulari is shot out of a cannon yeah pay takes a half step to read you and then boom you'll twitch you up He's got, you know, once at the point of attack, he's got some deceptive power, which I love. Power cannot be neglected in all this. And it is something that worries me about Ojolari, for example. Um, So there's a lot to like about pay. What's his role, though, Jake? Like, are you certain he's a 4-3-D end or a 3-4 stand-up edge?
2: Uh, I'm not certain one way or the other. I mean, obviously, hand in the dirt, you like him a bit more at this point, but you have to wonder about how he plays standing up. I mean, I think the Melvin Ingram comps are kind of fair. Mm -hmm. Um, He Mm -hmm. can really be that tweener. uh, Tweener is kind of a bad connotation, but he's someone that's versatile um, that could probably play many positions along the defensive line. I want to circle back to Ojolari real quick, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Just about the run defense. What impressed me about Ojolari was just, how nasty he was when it came to taking on pulling blocks and just setting that edge. Um, You know, he was kind of iffy in run defense at times, but man, he was stout at the point of attack. Um, He wasn't afraid to take on uh, the big Alabama guard. I forget his first name, but Brown. Brown. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So he was taking him on in the hole, man. And it was a stalemate. It was an immovable force and, or a immovable object and an unstoppable force. Mm -hmm. So he was fun to watch in that department for me.
1: That's my favorite stuff in football is that edge in space having to take on that pulling guard. That's like the best of the best. Um, You learn a lot through that interaction. (laughs) Damn straight. And uh, you know, that's as a downhill athlete, don't underestimate him. I think he's right up there with Michael Parsons in fact, and that's why I have him ranked above. Um, Yeah. Pay, you know, and like such a nice repertoire of rush moves. Cause he he's so great attacking that inside shoulder. I think that's where the Ingram comps really come in great on stunts like him and him and Chubb on like some NASCAR fronts would be really fun oh, yeah. in a trade down scenario. Both these guys would be intriguing. Uh, frankly, the two Miami dudes as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, nine is too rich. Um eh. And Pace Fit is is a concern. I, I love him. He's a guy who I'd love to just pound the table and say, hey, let's have some fun. Don't worry about the deficiencies. But it, it, it's it been a shortcoming in my scouting before is overrating speed rushers because they're so damn fun to watch. Yeah. But sometimes that doesn't always translate if you don't have other areas to your game to go to. Um, I, we'll circle back and get some adjustments on these top two guys but after the top two who do you have
0: i i I, thought it was tough from here Um, i i went with jalen phillips i Mm -hmm. just the the pedigree you know he's a former number one overall recruit he's six five has the length has the size uh still a young guy and obviously you can do good things on the football field. There's like some injury stuff that can cause some problems too, but without getting into that, you know, he obviously has the length and all that you want to see maybe a little bit more explosion off the line. Like it's not like he's Von Miller out there jumping snaps or anything. Um, but I, I do think that with the production that, that he has, you know, 15 and a half sacks or 15 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks this season. Uh, there there's enough to like, there's enough tools. I, 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 I think that he's next up.
2: Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I've got Phillips at three and then Russo at four. just because we don't really know what Rousseau is at this point. I mean, he's a very young moldable piece of clay um, mm-hmm. that could be very enticing for many defensive coordinators that want to get creative with their fronts and stuff. Uh, but Jalen Phillips just as an athlete is very impressive. Uh, you know, he runs the L really quickly. You can turn the corner, um, speed to power at his he's, best. He's probably the best, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Oh, he's got the length on him a bit. Um, but still Phillips just, I mean, we talked about him so much this year. He was so impactful in so many games, um, just consistent with that. And that's, that went a long way with me. I remember that from his season.
1: Yeah, and I do, you know, he falls in that Ojulari pay category where I do have at least a half season from that freshman year at UCLA where that, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was talking about him on this pod back then as like, oh, mark him down for whatever draft. Um, And, you know, at his best, he is the best. I... Don't see him dominate from snap to snap the way I would like him to. The way Pay and Ojulari do. I think that win rate you've cited already, Hank, um, definitely plays into that. Um, but he's extremely complete. The injuries are a concern um, because it's it's concussions. It's at least three concussions. The kid had retired medically for a minute. I would compare it kind of to Sidney Crosby. Um, another superstar who was sidelined and had some important chunks of his career cut short because of concussions, um, especially in the like 2010 to 12 um, area, Crosby missed 108 games. So you know that's uh, the equivalent of over over a season and a quarter in the NHL. So you know I, I think it's not unreasonable to think that maybe in the long term, span of his career jalen phillips could be a guy that misses 20 games because of this um and there might be a one to two year stretch where it's like oh he's missing half a season then oh some after effects he's missing you know so that's uh that weighs heavily how far down the line do
2: you look into that like do we really think that his career might be shortened because of these the amount of head injuries he's already had i mean we're in the era of early retirement with these players. So it's worth
0: thinking about. And again, he literally did retire like, like he is already medically retired and then changed his mind and transferred to uh, Miami, Miami. Yeah. It's you just don't know. You, You just don't know what's going to happen. You could see it going very wrong. You could see things going well. Honestly, that to me is the big reason that he is further down this board.
1: Absolutely. Because in a normal draft, you know, yeah, a bit of a one year wonder, but he's going to have that pedigree and stuff like Mm -hmm. I wish it wasn't concussions. If it wasn't concussions, if it was more like a knee or something, he would be the edge equivalent of DK Metcalf, a guy who the flashes were elite checks off every box, not just checks it off, checks it off at freak like levels mm-hmm. Has that recruiting pedigree, um, you know, because of injuries, he's only put it on tape in flashes. But, you know, like if this guy hits, he's going to hit big. Unfortunately, it's not the knee, it's concussion. So that adds an extra. And yeah, I mean, you're right. The early retirement's going to scare teams off. I'm sure he has medical undraftable grades for some more um, risk-averse front offices. For me, though, he is not ahead of Gregory Russo. Um, I think high-end upside were right there, which is saying a lot about how I feel about GR because I, I just talked up Jalen Phillips's high-end. Um, the frame is so long and yeah. so wiry. And the three cone so disappointing um, at that weight that he is truly an outlier. Um, I have found uh, physical athletic comps within the 70, 80 percentile. Guys like Jason Pierpaul, guys like Carlos Dunlap. And look, Carlos Dunlap's probably the one who fits the closest. And Dunlap without some of the off-field not always tapping in his best potential and this is stuff that dated back to his draft days in Florida and it's why he dropped to the second round. Uh, you know, a Dunlap with a clean head is already a 10 million dollar player. He might be an all pro. So that's saying a lot. JPP, very similar. He's way longer than JPP, not as agile turning the corner, but even JPP had a um, above seven second three cone, so that's huge. And I mean, if you look at the DeForest Buckner, everything but the 40, Gregory Russo is DeForest Buckner. He's just 25 pounds lighter, man. And that's... Now, on a frame like that, 25 pounds should not be impossible to put on. And shoot, I'll take 15, you know? But I'm amazed that having opted out, a guy like this didn't put on anyway was 266 out of his pro day. Now that could have been to run the super fast 40. He ran that for a long limb guy like him, that's as gangly. It's insane that he ran yeah. what he ran. His first step is insane. He has wiry strength. Um, the upside because of the the frame and the potential to, to put weight and the positional versatility to me is off the charts. Um, but there are some real concerns because he is like a true outlier, man. He's a true, true outlier um with that frame and and the agility. And in Denver, he's the first guy that's not a true 3-4 outside linebacker. And at 266, he's not a five-tack. But I want him playing as close to, you know, I don't want him as a wide nine playing on the outside shoulder of the tight end or the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle. I want him attacking the inside shoulder of the offensive tackle and the outside shoulder of the guard, that uh, C gap, right? Put that link to use. Right, right. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Well, there you go. I think there's not that much of a gap between this top four and the next couple guys. We're going to take a quick break, though, and get into those still tons of upside. still. I mean, this isn't just starter potential. The guys we've talked about so far, I think this is star potential with a lot yeah. of these guys. Um, it's just the question marks are like they're heavy. They're heavy. They're legit. Question marks. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into more of this on the other side. Hank's special shout out time right now.
0: Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. Uh, While some teams are locked to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for the opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game. And if during that game, the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. Uh, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or uh, or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, also want to remind you guys that if you aren't members of DMVR yet, you get some awesome perks. Like you get to comment on these podcasts and ask questions. Uh, you get access to a members only discord, all of the written content on the website, a whole bunch of awesome stuff. And right now, uh, you can take advantage of a special offer. When you become an annual member, you not only receive a free shirt of your choice from the DMVR locker. You also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. What's that, you ask? Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD. The stick we'll send you packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. All you do is pop the top of the stick, pour it in any drink, stir, and consume. They are amazing and so easy to use. There's no mess. Um, you can check out the reviews for yourself at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. Better yet, they're offering our listeners 30% off their first purchase when they use the code DMVR30. So um, definitely check that out. Uh, You can also, like I mentioned, get an annual membership, a free DMVR shirt, and a holistic stick with a coupon coupon inside. Uh, It's a banger of a deal. Also, um, oh, Gabby Insurance. Um, Gabby stands for Get a Better Insurance, G-A-B-I. Um, The way it works is you give them a whole bunch of information like your zip code and your insurance policy. And then they send that insurance policy to 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, Travelers. um, And then they all send back quotes. They say, we'll offer you this exact same insurance for less money. And then you just take the exact same insurance for the lowest possible price. It's a really cool tool. Um, I know Eric, uh, you guys know him as D-Line. He saved over $1.3,000 um, per year by switching his insurance using the Gabby tool. Um, other people within the country ha- or co- company have done similar things. On average, though, Gabby customers save $961 per year. Uh, they never sell your in- info. There's no annoying spam. There's no robocalls. calls. So don't have to worry about any of that. Put your policy to the test like we did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. Um, It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Uh, Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR.
1: Nice. That's three for three, huh? Yep. He did it. Best in the biz. Our guy is here. Justin, how are you doing? You didn't miss much. So we're going to rattle off some quickies, get into the second part of this. Um, well, like after the, the big four um, on the edge rushers and I found new new draft props. So Ooh, do not let let's me go. exit this without some draft wow. prop talk. So Justin, we got into where do you rank this edge rush class among the other top classes, um, whether it's high end talent or depth um among the other position groups in twenty twenty one. Well I
3: mean it, it's definitely gotta be up there in terms of just like raw talent and you know depth. Yeah. I think it's really pretty high in terms of both of those, maybe just off the top of my head, maybe even one. I mean I, I really like cornerback. I think there's probably as as much depth at corner as any position, but I think Could the maybe behind top wide guy's receiver. Yeah. And and wide receivers solid as well. Um, but man, this is a, this is a really intriguing class. It's so much so that it it got to a point where I was like, I mean, if they lose Vaughn, it's going to be really hard to see him play for somebody else, but Hey, you know, one of these guys could come in and I still think, you know, given with, you know, we just don't know where the future is going. And and this may have already been a point that's been made. So I'm sorry if it is, but Mm -mm. man, some of these dudes are going to be really, really good at the next level.
1: I love that. I think uh, we agree. Henry was the lowest on the class, so who is your top guy? We, of all the groups, I would have guessed this was one where we didn't have a consensus. Amazingly, Justin, we did. Let's see if we have a consensus consensus, though. Who's your Rushers top Oh, rusher? Oh, off the... I,
3: I go back and forth between between Quiddy pay and jalen phillips those are my top two guys oh Ooh, I like it. wow i don't agree but i guy. like it who uh who is one? hmm yeah he's really good he's really really good yeah that's the it, thing though that's like all you could really make a point for any of them i'm like yeah, yeah you could have said Rousseau, and i'd be like oh yeah i see that you know you could see really five or six of these guys yeah. are are worthy of like a top 20 pick. In my opinion, I don't think they're all going to go that high, but I just mean really, it's just going to be a, a, you know, what are you looking for? What do you prefer? They're all huge. They're all freak athletes. These, these guys just seem to keep getting bigger and bigger. Like edge guys keep going. It's like six, three, six, four, six, five. These just, just have crazy length.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, Phillips's high end is as good as anyone's pay. My only concern is that fit. Um, especially with the Broncos, you know, hand in the ground, stand up edge. He's not pure in either of those. I do like his flexibility though.
3: I just think you can move him
1: around a little bit. And I think he has the potential to pan out
3: in a couple of different ways, but agreed. He's not going to, I don't know if he'd be the best fit in Denver. And in that regard, I'd probably go, you know, Ojolari or Phillips over him or Mm -hmm. even Rousseau in terms of guys that I would want to land in Denver this year. But if really if they draft any of these dudes, I'm going to talk myself into it because I'm going to turn on the film and just be like, "Ooh, two years from now, that in a Denver uniform, I could work with that."
1: It's a very sexy class. So the Big Four, we are in agreement in. I love that you said like six top twenty though. So let's get let's let you start off with the fifth and sixth best.
3: Well, I mean, it kind of depends on what you view like, I I think Micah Parsons is going to be a linebacker, but I think you could kind of use him as like an edge type guy, depending on what, you know, where, where his role is and where he ends. So I would put him in that conversation. I really like Jason Owe of of Penn state. Mm -hmm. I like Osai, but I don't think either of those guys are as high, but I would put Osai in that conversation as, you know, maybe a fringe top 20 more, maybe more like top 25, top 30 pick. Mm -hmm. But all of these guys are, are worthy of a first round pick in my opinion. And I know that Osai is kind of a controversial one, but I, I've been high on him since we, we mocked him to Denver. What was that, like three months ago? And <laughs> <That's laughs> I've right. only grown on
1: him. <laughs> That's right, I forgot all about that. Um, wow. Always the one guy I just can't get on board with. He's the Caden Stern of edge rushers. He's like great, you know. It's pause super the film, inconsistent. Yeah. Pause the film, tell me who the NFL prospect is. You'll You'll name 29. Um, but shoot like no sacks, like dude, yeah, he looks
2: lost sometimes too, yeah. man. I mean, he's really impressive off the line and he can really convert speed to power in a, mm-hmm. in a really quick amount of ground, but it's just, there's too many times. I don't think he knows where the ball is. The instincts just don't seem all there, but I definitely see the upside. I think oh. there's going to be plenty of coaches that see the upside and go, I, yep, I can coach this guy up and
1: he can become an impact player and he probably will get drafted in the top 50 yeah like, yeah i mean he tested His explosiveness
3: like is insane
1: he's really explosive and he's so like big and stacked you know like i mean he... i
3: get like i get all of the issues with him and that's why i said I, I would put him you know below all the other guys that i that i named but if we're talking about guys with upside and a lot of time that's what you're kind of doing especially if you know you miss out on you know the first four or five it's just who's going to pan out the most out of, you know, the next five. And if I'm taking a flyer on, on one of those guys, I, I like his potential just based on the explosiveness. And I, I think you could coach him up. He does get lost out there, but that type of just raw size and speed, it just doesn't really come around. And then the ability, you watch him at the line of scrimmage and just boom, just drives people back. Doesn't make the tackle, but he gets through. <laughs>
2: He's got crazy pop in his hands, man. He was getting consistent push all over the line. I mean, interior on the tackles, he was making it hell for those guys.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and that power element's so big for me. This is random, but I think on OA, it's a fun thing to talk about for a second. I was thinking about this with that Schrager mock having Davis Mills as the 32nd pick. Would Owe, if you had to like place a bet, a super long shot first rounder like Davis Mills, who would be your long shot first round? I think Jason Owe might be a great candidate for that. Um, any other names you would toss around there right now, fam? Let's see. I'm convinced
2: Rondale Moore is going to be a first round pick. I mean, not the edge class, but I'm just saying, man, that athleticism, I know the size and... Yeah, yeah. All the concerns. But man, that explosiveness and athleticism, it's a rare combination, I think.
1: I think I don't know if this would be that much of a surprise, like none are as big a surprise as Davis Mills. I'm just going to put that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think Javon Holland, who we talked about on the last episode, could be a surprise um first rounder yeah these don't have to be edge rushers you know there's like it's a limited field yeah (laughs) um
3: holland and Owe are both really strong candidates i'm trying to think of who are some of the the linebackers outside of the top four or five that we have or maybe maybe jam and Davis tackle
0: yeah at this point though he's been mocked up there so much right i think it's more likely than not he's a first round pick True.
1: totally agree at this point um like, Maybe I like won... a
0: Christian Barrymore. Yeah.
1: He's yeah. a bit of a wild card.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's but that's he... like a fifteen twenty pick jump to get into the first round.
1: He'll be in that range. Um but in a weak interior defensive line class, I mean if no, your like team is really strong. Searching... So yes, like... him and a I think will be overdrafted because mm. there's such a gap, you know. Yeah. Um and w- we've talked about that before, you know. Um i can't think of any huge surprises
3: maybe like a, if kyle pitts goes really early like let's say kyle pitts goes top five somebody takes a flyer on like Friermuth at the end of the first round i could see that or brevin jordan
1: brevin jordan yeah after the pro day i think it's a little less likely i think maybe spencer brown or leatherwood brown would be much more of a surprise than and Leatherwood. brown would be but, huge yeah
3: <laughs> you know would we count landon dickerson at center
1: yeah, I've seen him. I've seen fair. him
3: mocked in the first, but it's not yeah. consistent.
1: I mean, that would have been much more of a surprise, you know, two months ago. Now okay. that it seems like we're getting good data on his uh, recovery from his injury. Um, maybe the super, super duper long. And I think there's a couple corners that could be in the eye of the beholder, like uh, the Kelvin Johnson guy. Um,
2: Aaron Vincent Robinson.
1: Maybe Tyson Campbell, Israel Mukuamu, someone like that could be a surprise. I think maybe the biggest long shot could be a guy like Baron Browning. Um mm-hmm. quite yeah. a, like draft Twitter loves. And, yeah. and I could see some people in a weak linebacker class being like, yo, this is the modern linebacker. We need to get him at like 29. What about Naziral Dean? Just because of the strange body type, like you're you're
0: missing some pieces, but Maybe.
1: I mean, first, he's a longer he, shot. The longest of shots, yes. I, I think... Um, he's a guy one. that
2: could get overdrafted too, though.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. agreed. That that would really be a shocker. Um,
3: one of the... Any running back not named Najee Harris or, or Travis Etienne. Like if Javon, somebody Javonte. fell in love with Javante Williams, yeah. I could see that late in the first That'd round. That be
2: interesting.
1: I'll tell you on the edge class, a couple guys we're going to get into right now. Joe Trion, I think, applies. Um, after his pro day, do not ignore Joe Trion. Honestly, I think he, I guess, short of Russo, has the best power tool in this edge rush class. And he tested really well. He's got length, he's productive and like gap sound and all that. Like, he's not going to fly, um, fly around like some of these dudes, but. He's where he needs to be. He's not going to get beat a lot. He fits perfectly in an outside linebacker role in a 3-4. He's got plenty of size to be, hand in the ground. He comes from a really good defense. This guy checks off every box. I have him pretty darn close to Jalen Phillips. I think the floor is high and the ceiling's pretty high. Hank, how do I actually pronounce his name? Treon? I'm actually
0: not sure. I think I've always said Treon, but I don't remember ever hearing it.
1: So he would be my fifth, technically six, because I have Michael Parsons as the second edge. Um, and then it's Osai. Checks off a lot of boxes. Hate the tape sometimes, but you love the flashes. Um, Hank, Jake, five, six.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised no one said Ronnie Perkins yet. He's um, right right there with Osai. Right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we already talked about Owe and his explosiveness and, explosiveness and first step. Ronnie Perkins is right up there with him in terms of the most impressive first step in the class. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a bit undersized. The arm yes. length isn't all there. So, you know, there's some reason for concern. Uh, I like how he works inside. He comes out like a cannon on stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a guy, I'm, I he's going to be top 50, I think, just because he's a pass rusher with that first step ability. I
1: don't see him dropping far at all. He wins the Shaq Barrett award to me. Didn't test great don't love the frame the tools aren't elite but dude just produces he kicks the ass of good big 12 tackles like what you see don't overthink it he's a dude where if he slips because all these other guys tested way better at their pro days than he did i am happy to snatch him up in the third i mean ecstatic and there's a couple guys we're gonna get into just slightly further down the board that in denver i'm like doing cartwheels if you can get them Hank, who's your fifth edge? It's fun. Uh, now we're getting into some real diversity. We've all named a different guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what you had. I'm just
0: gonna flip them. I'm gonna take Osai over Treon. Um, Osai is like a, a pass rusher, isn't? In my opinion, like exciting enough to be like the number four uh, edge rusher in this draft. But he's just so sound in the run game and produces so much in the run game that. Even if he isn't going to wind up being like one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, he's, he's going to be serviceable there. He's going to be a plus player playing the run. And maybe that isn't all that important to the Broncos right now, but I do think that that's a valuable skill. And also I think he was a first team all American with like two or three sacks, which is just crazy for an edge rusher, but just goes to show what he can do in the run game. Um, And then, and then I flipped it with Treon. tools he, he has tools he's produced i think let's see how many sacks did he have eight sacks full half tackles Miller. for loss like that's that's good stuff and the combination of his abilities like the build just the body that he has along with all that like i i think that he's a solid number 5
1: of everyone we've listed treon by far the least flashy <laughs> yeah <laughs> If you, if I gave you, like, the three best highlights from all these guys, Treon, easily the most disappointing. But then you start rating traits, he's, like, average or slightly above on just about everything you want. Um, so that makes him really intriguing. Perkins right there. I mean, all these guys, top 50 grades for me. And the next two dudes on my board, Carlos Basham and Quincy Roche. Roche just does everything good. Love him as an outside linebacker. Love him as a strong side linebacker in a 4-3. He's going to do everything right for you. Deceptive, you know, bendiness and uh, pass rush ability. First step for him. Basham, love the size. He's been productive. Kind of a down year last year. I worry that he's getting into tweener territory. Um, And his fit, similar to Russo in the Broncos front, is not as clear cut. Um, like you got, you, you either need to gain a little weight or we're going to work on your bendiness and just turn you into an edge. But there is a lot to like with Basham's frame production, how savvy he is and sound gap wise and all that.
0: And because he was a tweener, I was thinking of him as a defensive lineman. Um, yeah. It, Which is so how they used I. him
1: at the senior. Yeah. Bowl exactly. Dominated, dominated if, the guards there.
0: If, if we call him an edge, I like him better than Treon, and I think I like him better than Osai, too. Uh, he's just so explosive inside. And I guess if you're the Broncos, you're probably not playing him on that edge, or at least I'm not.
1: Um, yep, exactly.
0: Again, just just such an explosive athlete and, and very productive, too, right? I can't find these numbers right now. but Could yes, he come in and be like a Malik productive. Jackson type role? Is I
3: he think maybe enough? a bit further out? That's, that's what that's what worried me a little bit. I know he doesn't have the size, but you watch him and he's
0: strong enough in his hands. I, I don't think he would get worked. A little over 6'3, 275. Like he should he was, be. Solid. Malik
1: Jackson, you know, day three pick. <laughs> it was year four that he was finally yeah. starting. But by year four, he was wrecking havoc a as terror. a pass rusher. And him and Wolf essentially alone a two-man front because everyone else was standing up. That's, those two dudes alone were stopping the run. It was nuts how good those guys were in just obliterating um, the, the three interior linemen of a defense. Just incredible. And that's where, I mean, shoot, you are asking a lot of to get to get to that level as a like, yep, put me at the three tech. I'm, I'll just dominate guard and center. No problem, coach you know do
3: you, okay fine maybe not off. with Basham but do you see that possibility in any of these guys
1: maybe there's pay. a lot
3: of dudes with pretty decent yeah I was gonna say pay I could you could move them inside
2: I think pay and Basham are actually really similar I
3: six
1: like two
2: yeah yeah
1: where do I have the room to to add to stack that weight you know R- to me it's Russo to me, Russo, you yeah. put on 25 pounds. He is the Forrest Buckner, guys. He is mm-hmm. the Forrest Buckner, I swear to you. It's just asking for 25 pounds is insane. Insane on a kid who right now, today, after taking a year off, is 266. I don't get that. And, that, and before the year off, <laughs> had 15 and a
0: half sacks. Like, like no, remarkable I mean, production. It, it's just crazy, but at the same time, like I just... Tape, it's insane. I, I still, I want to be able to get past the the build and the fit thing, but I haven't been able to yet because They're like you said, like the three cone was kind of gross. What happens bad, when you bad, put bad, 25 bad. pounds on it? Like, who is he with another 25 pounds? Is he just somebody who is, who is a freak of a person and the exact kind of freak that is just unstoppable for college offensive lines, but doesn't, I mean, it seems like he should kind of get manhandled, right? At least at this point. At 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 266,
1: you can't put him... No. You you can't put him hand in the ground on first and second down.
0: You certainly can't line him up over the center like they used to.
2: He's such an odd case just because obviously that three cone is telling of the tape. I mean, that's just not his game. It's not a lot of bend, not a lot of elusiveness.
1: But then... But On that's the not other how hand, he wins, right, Jake? So ex- it's, exactly. it's kind of okay because I don't want him going the long way around. I want him going the direct way. Exactly.
2: And that's why I wouldn't be too worried about him adding 25-ish pounds because he mm-hmm. does seem more like a linear player, um, yeah. which is why I like him with his hand in the dirt and maybe inside a bit more too. Uh, so that's the thing with Russo. You just got to understand who he is, understand the body type and what kind of athlete he is. Because he's not going to be bending around the edge like Von Miller or Harold
1: Landry or these guys. That's just oh. not his game. Yeah, he's so interesting. Um okay, so that's kind of the anyone missing out of your top nine to tens that we haven't touched on yet.
3: Did anybody talk about uh-huh. Zavin Collins? I know he's not necessarily an edge, but just since we're talking about outside linebackers in general,
1: totally. worth mentioning. Yep. I He's another one like Parsons. I think in the ideal world, that's where he's able to maximize his potential the most. The Collins that is Um, like,
3: I'm worried they're not going to use him in that role because you look at him and he, he, it's like the Shaq Barrett thing. He doesn't look like he should be in that role. And I'm worried that they're going to try and make him like play a little more inside or drop back. Anthony
1: Barr is his comp and Anthony Barr Uh, or maybe his best case scenario Anthony Barr kind of is that hybrid you know strong side linebacker outside linebacking edge um and yeah I think that's where Collins would be at his best I I think there's a category of outside linebacking edge that is kind of the T.J. Watt where it's like yeah he's a good pass rusher but T.J. Watt is a hell of a run defender really good in coverage really moves well in space so he just checks off all these boxes i think guys like Ojulari in this class treon um osai to some extent roche absolutely are those guys and i think saving collins could be that i need that anchor trait though and he doesn't have that pass rush anchor trait he's got the tools to do it can he um but yeah he's i just wonder
3: like you watch this dude at Tulsa and he absolutely dominated. He's all over the field. He's reading it. You love everything you see. But even so like he's just he's not that explosive. Like he doesn't have that game-changing athleticism. Yep. And even at times it feels like he's moving in slow motion against, you know, like American conference talent and I wonder, you know, is he going to be this impact guy at the next level? I really hope so. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I hate sure, when that happens to people that perform at the highest level and lower conferences, but it's fair to at least bring up in this situation, because if you're going to invest high in him, you're hoping that you get this game changing dude, the dude that's making plays in the past game. That's stripping running backs Mm -hmm. on the outside. That's reading everything, blowing it all up.
2: Yeah.
3: I don't know if he's that in the NFL. Uh, He's a
1: guy he's got buildup speed. Yep, exactly. He's a guy when you read the scout report and you see the raw tools on paper, you're like, Oh my God, the upside is crazy. (laughs) Then you put the tape on, so like, wow, productive, super sound, doesn't mess up at all. But like, where's the flash? <laughs> you know, um, Tulsa's
2: defense was weird too, though. Yes, I yes, mean, true. it's that three-three-five stack, and you know, he's playing a lot in just wide open spaces, just guarding an area at times. So it's really tough eval, depending on the games you
1: watch. There's a lot more talent to uncover. We're going to take a quick break and um, get into kind of some day three gems that we'd like to see. And I'm going to close this out by uh, seeing if there are some long shots that intrigue you on the new draft props we have. Guys to go in the top five, guys to go in the top ten.
0: NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants uh that's yeah. why our partners at manscaped <laughs> the leaders and below the waist grooming have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football uh for all of my draft geeks we have an exclusive 20 percent off promo code uh that code is dnvr at manscaped.com um will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round not sure but i am sure that with the lawnmower 3.0 you can get your d back uh, because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. Uh, I want you to look in the mirror. Uh, do you see any nose or ear hairs dangling? That's uh, right. The point actually left off right there. I'm, I'm going to guess that it goes on to, or it's supposed to say like, well, go get their nose hair trimmer. So the weed get whacker
1: 2.0, the weed whacker 2.0 legendary changed I, my life. The wife loves it. If you're like me, you're getting into your 30s. You know, maybe you're Italian. You're a little extra hairy in areas where you wish you weren't. Huh, weed whacker that about is for Italians. you. I'm sure that I will be using that from my nose to my ears soon enough. So, yeah. Preemptive grooming, man. That's what life's all about.
0: You've got another 60 years of that trimmer.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I do. Do. We'll <laughs> Indeed see if it holds I up. Do. Yeah. Um, for a I'll limited
0: you know. time, subscribers get one. Oh wait, no, not one two free gifts uh the shed travel bag it's a $39 additional value and the patented high performance anti chafing manscape boxer briefs oh that's all part of the uh perfect package 3.0 so many great products in there uh, and again you can get 20% off and free shipping from manscape.com with the code dnvr it's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com when you use the code dnvr it's your turn or it's time to turn Whoa, it's time you turn that team in your pants around with Manscaped.
1: Legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Um, (laughs) The new draft props we have are odds of guys to go in the top five. So it excludes the Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence who are locks. Mac Jones minus 400 to go in the top five. Justin Fields, minus 150. Shorter odds than Trey Lance, minus 112. Sewell minus 137. Cal 125. Jamar Chase, very nice value at plus 120. In the top five, probably not even mentioning Rashawn Slater at plus 300. Parsons at plus 700. And then like Certain Horn, Pay so on and so forth. In the top 10... You know Kyle Pitts, Penny Sewell, Mac Jones are uh, even. Jamar Chase are on the minus a thousand. Justin Fields still minus five hundred. So the bookmakers think Fields might drop a little, but they still think it's more of a lock. He goes in the top five. More of a a, a true lock that he goes in the top ten. Lance also minus five hundred. Then Slater minus one twenty five. Certain minus one twelve. Devontae Smith minus one oh six. And Waddle plus 100. I think Waddle's really nice value. And stayed in line with this episode. Parsons plus 115 to go in the top 10. Pay plus 120. Phillips plus 200. And then it goes all the way to plus 1,300 for Gregory Russo. So, for
2: the top 20?
1: Uh, top top 10. 10. Oh, okay, okay. It's crazy that Phillips is seen as that much of a, you know, with the medical concerns. Um, which, you know, Justin, you missed it, but I was comparing it to Sidney Crosby who missed over hundred games with concussions over his career. Um, and you're talking about a season and a quarter. And I think it's, games, it's a real concern, 20 games in Jalen Phillips career missed by concussions. Seems like a fair estimate. Um, and, you know, we were talking about early retirement and stuff like that and how could that can creep up. So it's concerning, man, the easy to love the kid though. Easy to love the kid for sure. And, um, Okay, long shots now. We've gotten into a really juicy top 10. There's a guy at Houston who had a really nice pro day today in Peyton Turner. He's one of the bigger edge guys. Um, There's some dudes at Florida State who have incredible upside. Some guys at Notre Dame who maybe are more reliable and have had really consistent careers. Uh, I'm almost surprised we haven't talked about Hamilcar Rashad, Hank. Yeah. Who kind of fits that Quincy Roche mold. Um, there's still plenty of talent, you know, Jordan Smith is great frame and tools. Patrick Jones product. I I love Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. So, um, yeah. Who's got you intrigued? Who would you like to see in Denver, um, on day three?
0: I can throw uh Dalen Hayes out there. I'm actually not sure where he's going to go, but I think he's probably a day three guy at this point. Um, not, the, the, the reason why he w- is a day three guy and not earlier is that he isn't like all that special in any way, you know, that there's no like crazy athleticism, no crazy size. The production was like solid, but not great. Um, but you watch what he did at the senior bowl. Personally, I really liked it on top of that. He's been, as Dre mentioned, like just a very solid player, uh, for Notre Dame for three, four years now. And I think that you can get him to be that same guy in the NFL. Um, Again, I don't think he's going to be a pro bowl guy, but he can be somebody who can potentially start for a team if things go well, I think. And that's what you're looking for on day three.
2: Uh, My guys, Janarius Robinson, the Florida state guy uh, tested out of this world, had a decent senior bowl. Um, but it's all potential with him and, oh. but the physical gifts are just off the charts, man. He plays with relentless energy, yeah. very physically impressive. Um, and that speed to power with him too, is there already. So that's something that teams I think are going to snatch up quickly. I don't even, I could see him definitely going round three, even two. Um, but I love him. He's so long. He got his paws on some kicks, uh, got some blocks in his uh, time at Florida state. Just a fun player to watch. I mean, the production is very streaky, uh, yeah. or not streaky. It's just not even really there. Yeah, um, spotty. So, yeah, there's some some concern with that also. But, again, just looking at the physical tools and those traits, someone I'd be willing to take a bet on.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've got that other guy, Kendoa Joshua Kendoa, who's got, like, even a thicker lower body and, like, uh, some real power, former top recruit. I you just put the Florida State tape on and you wonder what those coaches were doing. There's tons of NFL talent. It's just like wasn't developed, wasn't groomed, wasn't coached. It's disgusting. Yeah, But Robinson has upside because of that. He really, really does. And as a stand-up edge with some real power at like 266, could play comfortably in the 270s. Um, I know the Draft Network guys are a little higher on him. He's uh, he's intriguing and an intriguing conversation to have with like Owe because as far as like natural tools, you're right up there, you know. Um, Robinson at least a bit more productive. Hank, um, Justin, other names you'd throw out there?
3: I like Taryn Jackson of coastal Carolina. Um, a little yeah. bit raw, six he's, he doesn't have great length. He's only six two and a half, but he's 260. He got decent size. really, really productive over the last couple of years. 18 sacks, 26 and a half tackles for loss. Incredibly uh, productive against the run. Again, he's he's an older guy, you know, a redshirt senior, so he's he'd be one of those guys you're kind of hoping he pans out within, you know, the first year or two. But especially if he slips, you know, I'd I'd, I'd like to see them consider him in, you know, the fifth round, maybe the sixth round. Um, Another guy that I I liked is um, Elijah Ponder out of Cincinnati. Mm, again yeah. gonna be a later pick but had really really good film in 2019 they move him around a lot in 2020 and that, i think that kind of limited his, his production a little bit mm-hmm. but it also kind of demonstrated his versatility and what he could be to a team i think he could be you know just a straight up strong side linebacker i think you could put him on the ground and maybe be like a you know a dn will have to see yeah. an edge type impact yeah. guy um but i just wanted to kind of throw some guys out there from g5 schools because we hadn't gotten uh, into them yet and i like both of like those dudes
1: nickel three tech upside with a uh, ponder inside yeah you know? I, I i like him um hank
0: um we can get into hamilcar rashid he's uh he was very productive uh but i think led the country in tackles for loss put up big sack numbers Correct. um not the most imposing athletically, but he does have good burst. He does have like, it just seems like he has a good feel coming around the edge. Like he has this thing he does where he likes to box out the, the, the tackle almost. It's just kind of like getting by him and getting in front then him and reevaluating what's in front of him. He's explosive. He plays with good energy. He isn't, again, like all that like big. He can kind of get caught up in the wash and that kind of stuff, and that makes yeah. it tough to say that he's going to be an impactful player at the next level, but I do think that because of the production that he had and the, the flashes of the burst that he has, I, I think that you could get excited about him if you got him late.
3: Where are you guys at with Dalen Hayes of Notre Dame?
1: Well, that's the guy Hank mm-hmm. man- mentioned. I like uh, Ogundaje even better. Yeah. Hayes to me is the more reliable one. Ogunda Jay is the one with the more tools, more upside. Both to me look great. Um at the senior bowl. You know, um Ogunda Jay, I think, has some intriguing upside. Intriguing upside as a stand-up edge. Um and Hayes, I like Hayes is reliable, but I'm a bit lower on them because of the ceiling. You know, the I, I think the ceiling isn't as high, while well, the floor certainly is higher. I love that Ellerson Smith kid, man. Since we're tapping mm-hmm. some senior bull guys, um, Northern Iowa, super long, super wiry. Like, if you gotta use, like, trade up at the end of the first to get Russo, or you can wait till the fourth to get Smith. I'm probably cool with wait until the fourth with Smith. He's that same kind of like longer, wiry. We're going to have to like work on that frame to get him to be more of an inside dude. But uh, there's a lot to work with. Um, I really like Jordan Smith. He's kind of like Zayvon Collins. Like I like everything he does. I just need him to have that anchor trait and become like a stud pass rusher, you know? Um, And I think Patrick Jones, super productive at pit, like good hand in the ground. You know, he stunk it up at his pro day like everyone, so he might just be a, a priority undrafted free agent.
2: Um, I thought he was longer, too. He looked longer on film than what he measured in at only 32 and seven
1: 7.8s, put him in 34th percentile in arm length. Extremely odd. Um, all those pick guys, man. What a disaster. Yeah, but Weaver, like, too. Yep, yeah, yeah. But he's another, you know, like Patrick Jones is another guy to me that basically would win the Shaq Bear Award. The raw tools aren't going to be great, but dude can get after the quarterback. So don't overthink it, you know? Um, so it's deep, man. There's a lot to like. There's a lot of upside. I mean, Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State looked good at the Senior Bowl. Like the list goes on. Shaka Tooney at Penn State has a ton of upside. It's a great group. You hope the Broncos at least come away with one of these guys. Might be a nice class to double up on. Um, maybe you know, uh Perkins day Perkins round three, and then like an Ellerson Smith or an Uganda J uh late day three would be ideal Mm -hmm. to me. Um you mentioned
3: Cooper a second ago, right from Ohio State. He's a dude. Like, if you just wanted to like, all right, we just want to bring a guy to come in and try and kill quarterbacks, just go ahead. Third down, go run after him. I don't know what he's gonna do on first and second down, but he, he could. You know, I could see him sneakily being a guy that doesn't play that many snaps and still could get like six or seven sacks a season just because that's what he does. He just, he gets after the QB. 100%. I
1: mean, there is, it's a fun class. And this is the group more than any other, I guess probably with offensive tackle, that if the Broncos do trade up to get a quarterback, I'll be thinking about, man. Sure would have been nice to have that extra capital to get X edge at this spot, you know, because it's so deep. I know there will be points in the draft where I'm like, oh, man, so-and-so is still available. What a great value. And if you trade up for a quarterback, those are the opportunity costs type things you'd be missing out on. A little food for thought. We will be back next week. I hope you enjoyed the double trouble. We've got just O-line and cornerbacks to get into. Other two big priority spots for the Broncos in this draft. Um, Thanks for doing this, fellas, and uh, we'll be back soon.